0: through today's headlines. New cryptocurrency. Oh God, Not anymore, please. Messi and Ronaldo to play together for Atlanta United. Well, interesting. Don't think it's going to happen. Could quiche be the next diet craze? <laughs> I'll have to come back to that one. Twelve major hurricanes expected in the Atlantic Basin. <laughs> Wait, what? Welcome to What Is It About the Weather, A podcast where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelani. And this week, sensational headlines. And do they really matter? Right? Do they matter? Before we get there, as always, I hope you're having a good weather week. Those who follow me know that I've been dealing with Ida. First, I was dealing with forecasting Ida. Yeah, it hit me. I'm going to tell a little bit more about this in a in a bit. But this is a, a second recording of this episode. Now, it's I'm not. It's not that I've never done that before, but. Usually, I, I don't like to do it, but I got to the end of the recording, and I really thought I hit the wrong tone. right? That my message got lost, which is, defeats the purpose of doing the podcast. So I canned it, do it again. But when I was doing it the first time around, it hit me that i have been forecasting tropical cyclones for 15 years. So I know a thing or two about it, so it's relevant to the conversation today, I guess, and maybe it'll put some context around the further dialogue we have, but it really came into play this week with Ida, right? Here it was on on one end of a, a week and a week ago, was talking about a landfall of a major hurricane, very strong hurricane, right? But what was really wild was living through the other end of it. Once it was no longer tropical cyclone, but mixing in with some extra tropical weather and just sort of a a perfect storm scenario became a devastating event for the New York City area. More lives lost here than it was more than half of the total in, in the U.S. and way more than those near the coast. That dealt with the initial impacts, and there's some sensational headlines around that too. That again, we'll we'll talk about how they come into play and and whether they're beneficial or not. But that's kind of been my weather week. Ida, I, you know, Ida captures it all. I, I, you know, there were other things. Had some good days, some bad moments, and quite frankly, Ida was. Uh, thanks to everybody who checked in. Let me just say that right. Those that took the time to ask me how I was doing made sure that I was doing okay. It was appreciated. I always enjoy hearing from folks. But, you know, it's always nice when somebody remembers, oh, yeah, that's Mark. You know, he's up there. Let me ask how he's doing. So thank you for all that did. I did okay. Some people around us clearly with the deaths, but also just with the the flooding weren't as lucky as me. But it was one of those times that being on the... Top floor of a building was a good thing, although I mean it really sounded like a waterfall of the water movement, you know, above us. So I'm glad it didn't come in. But we had friends who had some flooding. And certainly the neighborhoods around us, there are some very close that were just, you know, overwhelmed. And, you know, it was a event. It wasn't so much about the total rainfall, which was still pretty impressive. We had about eight inches eight and a half where I am. That's about 25 centimeters. If I'm doing the math off the top of my head correctly, somewhere in that range. And we had that close to that in some of the areas around here with Henri just a couple weeks ago, but it was, it was how quickly it came. And so we had about three and a half inches, so roughly 10 centimeters of rain in one hour. And it just became too much. And it was just sort of wild because one moment people are going about, yeah, it was going to be this rain event. The next moment, it's just this overwhelming situation. And I'm still under a boil water advisory. And that was another thing that hit me as I was preparing for this is there's probably a lot of people who don't really understand what that means. And I, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I think the way people grow up today, it's one maybe where I am you sort of take for granted that the water supply just works. But I haven't lived in other places. It's not the first time I've been under boiled water. But it's one of those things that a lot of people who don't maybe drink tea or don't know even know what a kettle is because everything's so automated now. You know, you use your little cured coffee maker or whatever it is. I've guessing some people that aren't or don't do enough cooking, right? I mean, you make pasta, you know, out of boiled water. But a lot of people just may not be familiar with that. In any case, Ida. Uh, defined my week needless to say and I could go on and on but I'm not going to do that I also want to take a moment and just say thank you to everybody that did the survey has done the survey some interesting feedback so far only a few have answered not surprising birthday wish again I'm just asking everybody particularly if you've never responded to any of my inquiries or requests, take a moment it really is a short survey and I really am. I tried to put questions out there that don't give me confirmation bias. I didn't want to lock people into a thing. I'm just hoping to get some ideas, get some thoughts. If you, whatever podcast you use, if you ever look at the notes about the episode, it should, the link should be in there. Okay, but if it's not, if you go to just whatisitabouttheweather dot it's right there. I put it in big bold thing that says take the survey. Okay, and last case, if you need to, you can send me an email and say, can you send me the link? I, I don't ask for the email again when you fill out the survey, so I won't definitively know which is your answers, or you could wait a little while, but I'd be glad to do that. And I'll probably throw it out in Twitter this coming week uh, for those that want to do it. So just watch the Twitter feed. It should be there as well, or go back to my, and, it, and I'll probably send it from the, what is it about the weather Twitter account, but I retweet those in my personal account, Mark underscore Jelani. So you should be able to get it a variety of ways. Patreon.com slash weather as well. Or if you catch the episodes on YouTube, it's, it is definitively in those show notes. So any of those places you can catch it. All right. It's time guys. It's time to talk about this TC forecast that was driving me nuts. And like I said, I'm re-recording this because I want to make sure I stay on point and get to what I think is relevant and most important about this. Because it's easy for me, being someone who's forecast tropical cyclones for so long, to look at this forecast and go, God, this is just horrible in so many ways, right? So just to recap, LinkedIn feed, somebody who's followed by 11,000 people, which is a lot in LinkedIn, did a forecast. And, and again, it, we always break these things down. And let's say somebody, that person gets maybe a 10% of the people who even follow him saw the, the story, what he posted. And another 10% even do something with it. They tell a friend or whatever. It's still a meaningful number, end of day. And if it's any more than that, I'm even more concerned about it because it really boils down to two things. When I was doing research about this person, and again, I'm not going to call them out specifically, I also found an earlier post where they literally said that there were going to be 12 major hurricanes in the Atlantic Basin this year. Now, to put that in context, that's almost twice as many as have ever happened before, which is a huge, drastic increase, and there was... Even with that thing, there's not a basis. There's not an explanation as to why. And if you go back in their feed over time, you don't get a sense of why it is. Now, I'm connected to this person because they probably sent me a connection request years ago. And they seem more on the modeling side. They don't hit me as as specifically understanding the science of how a tropical cyclone works. Not that that's necessary. But it's part of what falls short in when they're explaining these things. So with that 12, they didn't explain it. They made some comment about how they had had some successes last year, and they were encouraged by somebody who is a TC person, a well-known person in the community, to you know do it again. But my speculation is these posts will magically disappear, or no one's ever going to remember or say anything. But enough people hit the little like button when this other forecast came out, not that one, but when this image came out, it was a forecast for the beginning of August through early September. And I'm going to take early September to mean the 10th, all right, which is right at the peak of, of the hurricane season. And then we start slowly going down. But generally, the the overall core season is from August, beginning of August through end of October. To have a major hurricane, you would have to have one every week, essentially, to get to that 12. It's just, it would it's unheard of. It's not that it's impossible. It's just unheard of. And so I'll follow up on that one later in the season. But this little forecast he did was very specific for about a, a six- to seven-week window. And it called for four hurricanes. It gave tracks for four hurricanes, kind of where they, where they developed and where they went to. All four made landfall in the U.S. One of them's kind of on the Mexico-U.S. border, but it looked like it hit the U.S. I think that was the point. All of them reached major category status. Two of them were category five so a category two category 5s, a category four and a three for those that aren't as familiar with the Atlantic numbers don't get don't get worried about it. this is powerful storms like Ida that made landfall in Louisiana this past week That was it there was just these tracks these things a rough date at when the peak level was reached and so I, I didn't even have a lot to work with but what I did is I kind of you know looked at, What's happened during that time? And, yeah, I know we're not to the 10th, but we're kind. I kind of know what's coming and what might fit that bill. But between now and the 10th, I don't see this changing drastically. There's one Hurricane Larry that's going on right now. And I'm going to even say I don't think it's going to quite get to Category 5, but it could. So even if that one got there, right, even if it got to that stage, you got to go, okay, well, well, where are we? So let's just look, let's assume that this forecast that was given didn't have specific locations, didn't have those things. You know, what's the season held so far? Well, so far we have a pretty straightforward kind of busy season. It was expected and we've had During this time period, we have had four hurricanes, and three of them have been major hurricanes. And like I said, let's assume Larry gets to five. That would be a five, a four, and a three. The four, Ida, was a major hurricane for about a day before it made landfall. Another, Grace, was a hurricane for really a few hours, like 12 or less. I don't remember the final number off the top of my head. And then Henri was a hurricane for a short period of time, although it faded before um, that dropped off, Okay, before it made landfall. So given that information, right, I go back and I look at this thing, and you could argue that, hey, he forecasted four hurricanes from this time. There were four. You had three major hurricanes he he forecasted four. Yeah, okay. And if he wanted me to evaluate that way and presented that kind of forecast, I might give him credit for those things. But that's the best-case scenario. But that's not what he did. He forecasted very specific landfall, Kate, Locations, very specific timelines, very specific intensities. And those tracks didn't occur. And the the hurricanes and the tropical cyclones that were happening on the dates when he had it weren't even close to where he had things, right? So the dates are all off. The tracks are all off. He had major hurricanes lasting for days upon days in almost every case, multiple days for each one generally didn't happen this last one we're probably going to finally get with larry a major hurricane that's going to last multiple days but it's projected right now to never get close to the u.s coast always can change we're still a ways away but it'll be the only one that might fit that multi-day bill so from that standpoint it's just a bad forecast but what was probably you know even maybe worse than that is real landfalls like ida which was a major Category 4 hurricane that was devastating to a large portion of the United States, he had it not in his forecast. Grace, major hurricane that made landfall in Mexico, not in his forecast. And he also missed things that are relevant that did make landfall, like Henri, like a Fred, that neither of these were hurricanes at landfall, but still caused real consequential outcomes where they, where they made landfall. So it was just all the way around a bad forecast. There's no, there were no statistical, you know, what are the probabilities, uh, no context around any of that, how the forecast was developed. Like, even a link, you know me. I mean, I, I put all these links in show notes for a reason. I know most people are not going to go read them. But it's there if people want the reference or have an inclination with a certain topic and want more information. And that's about that transparency. It gives you a little more information. But one of the things with you guys have been listening to me long enough, no forecasting a week out gets tricky and forecasting six weeks out is really tough. We just talked about this recently about how that kind of in-between time window is very difficult, right? And so there was no, you know, this is a probability of this happening or, or what the... Anybody who also watches hurricane forecasts, you've seen this cone before. Every good hurricane forecast, it's not a specific tracked line because it's not possible to do that. Because it, nothing ever follows a magic line. This doesn't work that way. None of that. Right? Didn't provide any of that. So, of course, this was annoying to me and bothersome. And it's bothersome because it's another example of somebody who. Gives the impression that they're credible. You know, throws a reference name around to somebody that is a name that people wouldn't know. Puts out a forecast as if it's, you know, a legitimate forecast. And that's got to compete with the same person who put major hurricanes at levels that we've never seen even close to. That's got to compete with the poor, you know, National Weather Service who gives us slogans like, don't drown, turn around, which this past week would have been really useful for some people that got caught up in these storms. It's catchy. I, I mean, I know the thing. I've spent said it enough times on here before, right? But it's not what gets people to read headlines. And that's where my rub comes in is I don't care. This this happens all the time, it happens every day, and I you know, it happens in sports, it happens in the financial world, it happens in politics for sure. Right. It happens in weather. And it happened with Ida. You know, there was both the before and after I heard about all these new, you know, the mayor of New York's telling us about all this new weather warning system that they're going to put in place. And as I had a good friend that that went into on Twitter and made the point that the idea of doing something, you know, revising the approach is great. But don't just do it willy-nilly. You have no idea whether something you're going to implement is going to help. I've, I've seen how some of these things unfolded. I've seen enough video now and watched it going. Any video systems that's, or excuse me, any warning systems that have been talked about would not have changed that situation. And what we need to do is learn how we help avoid those situations happening, if possible, because you can't get rid of all risk. It's an impossibility. But where you can, you deal with it. And you do put general systems in place that you hope will help. But some of the stuff would have likely happened no matter what because it truly was an event that no one really understood how to grasp. right? And you can't always understand how to grasp these things. But in any case, I took a deep breath after I kind of tossed that first version of the thing because I, I want to make sure I'm clear on the point. And it came up when... Meteorologists were talking amongst themselves about videos of tornadoes in New Jersey, right, that never happen or or in areas that don't tend to get them were being shown and even displayed by meteorologists who caught them. Now, these were not people who were storm chasing necessarily, but somebody said, what kind of example are we setting when we do that and we tell everybody else, listen to us and don't do that, right? And it, it gets into this whole thing. And I'm the first to realize, I don't know how many, I, I started thinking about just in the course of the day, I, how many emails I get or headlines I read that all use sensationalist words that when you get into them, there's nothing to them, right? Uh, some, you know, company X uses a brilliant customer service technique and you go and you read it and you go, that's, that's just doing their job. Nothing brilliant there, but they try to get, you know, all these little quirky words we use to get people to click. Right. And I get it. This is the, this is the real challenge that for the people that need to make money and that's most of the private sector, I get why the sen- sensational headlines exist. You got to drive people to your site. And this is true of people trying to make a living as a YouTube influence or whatever else, where I watch all this stuff go down and I just shake my head, right? Because I get it. I get why it happens. But end of day, what risk does that have in making sure these situations, and in, 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 you know, I've watched it in, in investment things, when people get on CNBC or Fox Business and they talk about, you know, how they see the market and people go and make real decisions on that, right? But where there's real risk and real pain potential, particularly when it's for many people, where are these things problematic and where did this forecast fit in that? Because what I want people to do is I want people when there's, major weather events coming their way or the potential for it to know that they've got a source that they can go to that they trust. And what I don't want to do is have something happen that I think happened in two ways with this forecast, right? The first of which is they presented something as a credible forecast, not a sensationalist forecast. They said, you know, we had success last year. We're doing this. You know, we were encouraged by this expert to do it again. You know, they're, they're trying to justify their position, and they throw it out there. But those posts are going to either quietly go away or magically disappear from their feed. One of the two is going to happen. And for most of us, nothing's going to happen. But for the people that grabbed onto them and talked to other people, the following things can happen. Number one, Number one, they missed something like an IDA. And because someone said, oh, this forecast doesn't show anything for Louisiana, maybe I don't need to stock up for this season. Now, I hope people down there listen to more sources. But I know a lot of times people don't, right? You know, if someone said, oh, I saw this this scientist on on that I'm connected to ran this model, and they did really well last year. So, you know, it's looking like, you know, we're kind of free and clear in this region. And they do it innocently. No one's doing it with that, and they believe this person to be credible, and then the next thing you know, people are making decisions not to plan, not to do something, right? Which is a risk. But on the flip side, and I think maybe the potentially more dangerous scenario is that someone shares this stuff as credible, it doesn't pan out, and then people go, see, more bad information. And we know we've gotten, you know, this has been a thing, right? For for a few years now. And there's truth to it though in this in the sense that if you it's a it's the crying wolf problem right if people go and make these sensationalist claims again and and somebody does it on their heels next year maybe it's not the same person maybe it's somebody else after a time we get burnt out and we go i don't trust anybody anymore seems like nobody knows what they're talking about because we get this blend of credible sources but they're really not and how can the individuals out there necessarily differentiate and know which ones to use? A lot of people do. A lot of people have made that choice. And they also know and understand what the limits are behind what the people can tell them and how far in advance and those sort of things and know when to listen to them and pay attention. But not everybody does. Not everybody does. So it can lead to complacency and non-action when someone needs to act. But it can also destroy credibility and trust in people that are telling you wise things, so that you say, nah, nah you know, whatever." They're going to say, "Whatever." They're just trying to get me to leave. Well, yeah, that may be true, and it may be an inconvenience, but they're doing that for for good reason. And yes, sometimes it may not pan out, but the one time it does, it's going to matter. And I do think that these sort of headlines or these capture moments that we all seek it's not just this person right that that's my thing that's my rub is not with them as an individual my rub is with all these people that I can laugh at that I see on YouTube doing these forecasts or whatever it is some of them are credible and some are using humor and headlines to kind of drive a point and I think they're very good about making that transition but not everybody does because they still want to get eyeballs because at the end of day most people are doing it about trying to drive things to them, right? Not everybody. So It's kind of like this podcast. This podcast, you know, if my goal purely was to make a living doing podcasting, I'd probably have to do things differently, right? I'd have to be more sensational, but that's not my goal, right? My goal is to hopefully inform and educate and have a good time doing it. And yes, I get enough money to kind of cover the basic costs there. But the goal has never been about money making. And this gets into the other argument about who are the right people to be talking about these things, right? Should it be a public-private sector thing? We've talked about those topics before, and I'm sure we'll talk about them again. But I think what the reminder is, always put in the context the following. Even when you think something's coming from a credible source, back it up right verify that there's somebody else saying yeah this seems real or looks real don't count on a single source for information it's like getting a second medical opinion right it's like the same thing with you know, if you're investing stuff if you going to make a choice about investing a lot of money are you going to trust just one person or are you going to bounce it off different sources We tend to go to multiple sources, so make sure you're doing it with key weather. Now, I understand 90, it's like everything else. I don't care if you follow an 80-20 rule or 90-10 rule whatever. Most sensational headlines don't matter. It's about stupid things, right? I saw one yesterday, the the best 30 films that were ever, that are shorter than 90 minutes. And I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll, I'll bite. And I went in and... The funny thing was is their top two were longer than 90 minutes. So I still don't understand how all that plays out. But in reading the article, I could see how they were trying to get people. They had all these words that were going to get them further up, you know, in the in the Google searches sort of thing or the Google headlines. And it gets some views. It gets some you know content and drives revenue. So I get it. No single source knows everything, right? It's really that straightforward and this is weather forecast, this is business forecast, and we don't always get it right, we should never be your single source. Always understand that if someone tells you something with certainty, they really can't. No one can predict the future with certainty. They can't. And, again, this gets away from weather as well. not saying they can't be pretty highly accurate, but understand that if they can't communicate where the risk or the – Potential for error is. It's, it's a tricky thing. And you've got to take that in the context with your decision making. So please do. But as I saw this week with Hurricane Ida and everything else. <laughs> whether it's. The weather. Whether it's a medical. A financial. A sport. I, I don't care what the decision is. Just Remember. Then when you make a decision about the weather, there really is much more to it than the weather itself.